everybody, I'm Dr. Tom and welcome to A Sacred Journey. I'm very honored that you chose to share your time with me today and I hope this program will help answer some of those pressing questions that call upon your psyche's need for body, mind, and spiritual balance. Today we're going to explore a construct of the shadow, an archetype that is very familiar within the constructs of analytical psychology, especially as it relates to moving us towards finding that inner light. In any psychology of self-development, shadow work has to be undertaken in order for us to understand the elements of the popular word emotional baggage, quote-unquote baggage, that we take with us. Well, what is the baggage that we carry along with us? Some of the baggage is locked in the storylines of the past that we carry with us. This baggage is something that we have easy access to in analytical psychology as well as psychoanalysis. This is the realm of the unconscious. It's the storylines, the feelings, the emotions, the thoughts, all that may not be actively present to our conscious mind in the moment. Um, as it relates to the stories that help form these elements of the mind and their effects on the current moment as well as future fears or anxieties that may be present. And so what the baggage is is simply just the stories of our life compounded and stacked upon one another as a means to um, help justify and amplify the emotions that we have easier access to than others. Now, these emotions can be both positive or negative. Um, we could associate numerous stories of love, for example. However, those love stories may also be associated with more primitive um, feelings, more negative feelings, such as hurt or pain or sadness. Even anger or fear can be present in the stories that we associate with love. So in the modern era of diagnosis and fast-track treatments that yearn to soothe humanity's ever-decreasing attention span, oftentimes we fail to consider the complexity of emotional response, especially as it relates to the storylines that we create during our lifetime that can not only lead to self-understanding at a much deeper level, but also to the capacity to maybe find that inner gold, to find those glowing embers of passionate flame within the ashes of the scullery pit that we may be sifting through. So let's take a look at the element of the shadow. Let's take a look at the element of those ashes that Cinderella may have sifted through to call for help from an enlightened being. Maybe it is a fairy godmother or in the fact of Ash Boy, a Nordic tale where he also sifts through ash. Maybe it's an element to find some of the inner gold within. 
in the modern era and especially in the medical field of psychology and therapeutic treatment, we tend to focus on methodologies that um, solely examine symptoms or problematic behaviors a person may feel. While these may be problematic in the moment to the person, they also can carry with them not only a human element present, but they can also carry with them avenues for exploration that could lead to a deeper understanding of some of the conditions that are within. I believe full-heartedly that we are collective beings. Now, I'm not saying this in the manner that each person is a part of another person because we all live very individual lives. However, there is collective plights that we undertake, much like the trees um, to undertake a collective plight to aspire to their life-giving force, the sun. And I don't think we as humans are any different even though there may be some small minor differences in the context of storylines that are present for the individual. If we go back to shamanic times or even in the times where religious practices or spiritual practices were more acceptable than they are in modern science, especially as it relates to medicine, we'll see that um, practitioners from these forms of medical knowledge or spiritual knowledge helped individuals to cope with, and maybe that's the wrong word, because to cope seems like you just have to give into it, that it's a negative aspect and maybe you just have to accept it. I won't go with cope. I will go with something like thrive with because what happens as we sift through the ash the ash doesn't go away it's there what we have the possibility with is to remove the hidden lessons from that ash to find those burning embers of passion that's present Modern methods of science are very eager to fast-track the diagnosis, label the phenomenon, and even throw at it what may be ad hoc treatment methodologies to attempt to alleviate the immediate urgency of whatever symptoms being present, whether it be depression, anxiety, fear, relational problems, or even seeking um, out personal meaning about the life we're creating are these things that need curing I don't know sometimes they may simply be a condition that drives the storyline of one's life to learn the lessons needed to create dynamic growth towards one's potential and when we don't honor the shadow of these elements present and we only seek the light we run the risk of engaging only a unipolar aspect of the archetype that's present. We only look towards the light but deny everything that's in back. And when we do this, it can sneak back up on us. I do not come by this idea lightly. Even within the staunch tenets of science that we see so actively promoted these days there's an aspect of pure subjectivity present 
especially as it relates to trying to sway and manipulate human behavior with psychological and or statistical um, ideas to create movement towards what's wanted as an outcome. And for me, this is ethically wrong, especially as it relates to um, the use of mass psychology to promote ideas um, that may go against one's personal developmental story. Many studies that I see using statistics as a form to sway popular opinion, what I call the social media phenomenon of statistics, really show an example of where not much understood opinions may become highly popular as a means to sway individuals from one paradigm to another or vice versa yet when they're looked at and examined more closely you begin to see the subjective nuances especially as it relates to the money trail that's paying for the analysis present this is a pure shadow of not only the aspects of business that may prompt and promote um, studies in the nature for whatever outcome that they're looking for, but also the way that statistics can be utilized to manipulate the human shadow of the individual as a means to pull them away from what may be a light-giving source in their own personal life. As Mark Twain once said, there are lies, damned lies, and statistics. I've also heard that statistics are easily bought on the auction block for the highest bidder. And that really leads into an element of the golden rule. And no, I'm not talking about the rule that is so pressing and should be prevalent in our society. Do unto others as what you would want done unto you. No, I'm talking about the other one. The person with the gold makes the rules. And this is a sad facet of what we see, how statistics and the tenets of science, which are very different than statistical analysis, are used to manipulate human behaviors in modern times. Now, every person has a shadow, but each entity, each business, each government, each hierarchical social order has a shadow within itself also. Now there's overarching beliefs that are present within these shadows. People that are raised within a village, within a community, within a state, within a nation, all of these individuals, they have different um, elements of cultural shadows they may be dealing with. And this is fine because sometimes the collective shadow does integrate within the individual shadow and it creates some of the shadow work needed to begin to find not only individual light to take that first step, even though we may not have knowledge of what the total outcome is. But nevertheless, we take that first step, we create incremental change within, which in turn can create incremental change 
outside. Now, Mother Teresa, um, and I'm paraphrasing her within this, also caught on to this aspect. There's incremental change that can occur as it relates to the globe, to the world, if we go home and love our individual families. Now, this is paraphrased from a speech that she gave, and it's also a popular quote. But when we begin to talk about elements such as this, there's a presence of the need to love at the small level first, to make sure that our own affairs are in order before we begin to look at going after the affairs of others. Now, this is a difficult task because many, in fact most, are externally oriented. They aren't internally oriented. Going inside into the shadow can create a very scary experience because no one wants to dig around in that baggage. A lot of times it's associated with pain and hurt. There's lost love. There could be lost loved ones. There could be bad feelings or storylines even associated with lost loved ones, which can make the complex, the trauma complex. So what can we do? Author Walt Whitman once said, keep your face always towards the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. I think there's a lesson here. The sun is a life-giving force, although to chase light without honoring the darkness present is a one-sided adventure. It's almost as if going on an adventure without looking at any form of whether or not you need to pack sweatsuits or shorts. Traveling to Antarctica in beachwear would be a deadly experiment. Traveling to the beach in polo fleeces set to keep you warm in negative 60 degree weather would be an experiment that may have some negative consequences. As we begin to look at the shadow, we could begin to see ways that we could poke around in it and maybe create some movement that allows us to move towards the light. If we deny the shadow, we begin to deny the element by which the light can create movement towards not only this esoteric idea of something larger than self, but also the self itself as it becomes whole during the lifespan of the person. Author Walt Whitman once stated, keep your face always towards the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. I think there is a lesson there. We need to honor the sun's life-giving force, not deny it. However, we also need to honor the presence of a shadow because that's what the sun casts behind us as we march willingly to the dreams that we may want manifest in our lives. By focusing on our life-sustaining force, our life-giving force, the light within and the light outside, we cannot deny the presence of the shadow it casts. 
We must honor both sides of the equation so we can find beauty in the radiance of what is our journey toward self. I end this podcast today with a question. What shadows have the light of your life works cast? Please feel free to comment if you have any. And as always, my friends, namaste. May blessings find you on your journey to advance confidently in the direction of your dreams. Goodbye for now, and thank you for listening.